Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Erin. And I'm Daniel. And we're the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Three friends with professional scientific backgrounds. Talking about all things under the sun in the most digestible way. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Today, we're joined by none other than a friend called Anil who is part of the movie industry and we'll let him explain who he is in a bit more detail in a moment. Um, Just to let you know, this episode is going to be about uh, casting and uh, casting agents and stuff like that. Um, So we're going to call it Casting Couch. So today we're joined by Anil. (laughs) Uh, So Anil, can you explain who you are and, uh, you know, what, what you're up to? I mean, first and foremost, I'd like to clarify, I've got nothing to do with the casting couch. (laughs) That's not me. That's, <laughs> never been involved with the casting couch. Boy, if I speak. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, get, I mean, not anymore, but I was a casting agent for film and TV. So, I mean, we specialised in extras. So any, any film, TV, commercials, photo shoots, a, a, any project that came our way, in my way at the company, I'd, I'd be dealing with uh, extras walk-ons featured people whoever they needed on their on their project so when you say um you are acting as a casting agent for for extras like what is an extra for those that don't know uh an extra is in, in the film and tv industry at least it's a uh, someone in the background so while, while the scene's being filmed you have extras so people whoever walking in the background uh Whatever the scene is, if there's people that need to be in that scene, the extras. So it's are like I don't scene. know, you know, uh, alien is entering the orbit, and then there'll be like a man number three in the back looking scared. That is your job to cast Perfect, man yeah. number three. Okay. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So when you said that you worked on like TV and movies and stuff, is there like some examples that you can give us of maybe some movies that you worked on or some TV shows or yeah, just so um, we have, you know background. Yeah, I mean, a majority of the ones that I've worked on aren't out yet, so I don't know how much I can say. But The Old Guard, that's on Netflix. I worked on that. Uh, the English Game, that's a TV show on Netflix. Again, I worked on that. Um, there, there's a lot that I worked on before, back in the day when I when I was a, a bit more of an assistant. I, mm. I worked on like the Star Warses and the uh, the Fantastic Beast films. I worked on those, but that was back in the day when I was a a lower level. But as as a as the as a casting Don himself, the main man of casting. Oh come then, on. Yeah. <laughs> uh Old Guard, uh English game, Outlander. I worked on season oh, right. five, I wanna say. Um there's a good few. Off the top of my head I can't think of many, but there's a mm. there's a good few. Okay. So uh for example, let me let me let me just start throwing some questions your way. So mm. first of all how do you decide who to cast or should we maybe start off with if I want to be an extra, how do I try to get cast first? Like what's the process? How does that whole thing work? Uh, so as, as an extra, literally anyone can be an extra. Both of you could be extras. I could be, an, anyone could be an extra because at the end of the day, um, whatever film they're filming, they're going to need a good variety of people. If it's, if it's, let's say James Bond. So mm. that's a modern day, normal film you're just going to have normal people in the background it doesn't it doesn't really matter it's just everyday ordinary people however if you're if you're filming for a world war ii film let's say yeah. then it gets a bit more specific because there's costume sizes that need to be fit uh there's a look that needs to be fit there's haircuts that need to be taken into consideration there's a lot that needs to be taken into consideration but it all depends on the film or tv project that you're working on so anyone can be an extra, but not anyone can be cast in any film. So correct me if I'm wrong. I, I see it as if you want to be an extra, you go put your picture up onto some sort of database. And then, uh, you know, you put in all your details, your ethnicity, your height or whatever. Um, and then you as the casting agent will look through those pictures and determine whether that person will fit fit what you're casting for is that how it works exactly L- literally that's exactly what it is so you, you sign up to an agency as you said uh so i i worked for the casting collective who are uh england one of the top agencies in england and the uk in general um so you'll sign up you'll put exactly like you said your photos your measurements your photos and your measurements are the two main things that you need to you need to have to be an extra um and then from there the 
project that you're working on. So to get that project in the first place, you'll have a contact. So you'll have the second assistant director. Typically, it's the second assistant director. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, you'll be contacted with that, with that person. They'll get in touch. They'll let you know that they're going to be working on this film or whatever it is. Um, and then from there, they'll start sending you briefs on what you need. So they'll say, in this scene, I need five people, whatever ethnicity, whatever look, whatever, this and, whatever the description of that brief is, they'll give you that. And from there... I will on the database be searching for those people that fit that brief. I'll mm. get in contact with those people that I, that I deem suitable for the role. Check if they're available, check if they're happy with whatever requi- requirements there are. And then from there, I'll send those options to the, the, the person from production. They'll not only go through it themselves and check through whoever they like themselves, but they'll also have to check with the costume department and the hair and makeup de- department to check that. Firstly, A, the measurements fit a costume that they have, and B, the hair and makeup is uh, suitable for whatever the production is. And from there, they'll book whoever they want. Mm, that's interesting. Mm. When it comes from like the differences between TV shows and, let's say, films, do you feel like your role changes in a sense, or is it similar? Slightly, slightly. Um, slightly, but it's still the same. Because I, th- I think the, the more important factor is what, uh, what period it's set in for, for example World War 2 films are always the worst you can't have mm. anyone taller than 5'9 really 5'10 at a push Cause, why cause is that? Just, the costumes the costumes are just smaller so you need you need smaller people to fit into those costumes is but why, why don't they just make bigger bigger costumes I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, need get, you, you need to get a costume department person in to, to answer that one. <laughs> He's probably beefed them like, bruv, I can't find anyone that's more. I can't yeah, find on... any built yeah. males that are four foot ten. Uh, can you please? <laughs> no, on set, I, I, I've gone on set a few times where secretly the assistant director that I'm talking to will be bitching to me about whoever person from costume or whoever person from makeup because they're so moany about the people that, that, that get booked in. Mm, so for for example yeah i know you said you look at their pictures and stuff do -hmm. you ever get a brief where they go like okay the the extras can't be too attractive because you know the the main guy in the movie is a bit ugly so we don't want him to look super ugly next to the attractive (laughs) or like vice versa like oh no you know they can't be too ugly they gotta be at least you know okay to look at you know what i mean is there any briefs like that yeah, yeah. I, I guess yes to both of them because the the brief can be just ordinary people, or the brief can be we need supermodels. Oh, for example, I was working on a a Fast and Furious Nine. I don't know if I'm how, allowed to say. How I was do you forget on, these but... things? He just goes, "I work mate, for mate, Fast um, and Furious." <laughs> man just pulled that out of his pocket, mate. Oh yeah, you know, one time I worked for Fast. What do you mean, bro? So there I was, oiling Vin Diesel's bullhead. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. I swear. <laughs> no, that, that's the thing, though, because you work on so many. Because I'm in an office. I'm not going on set. I'm, yeah. I'm in an office. I'm working on so many multiple like projects that I can't keep up with what I'm working. On, especially when this is over over a period of a few years. Mm. It. You, you forget. So yeah, I, I was working on Fast and Furious 9. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say I was working on that. I'm sure it's fine. Um, Isn't it out? I think it's out already. It's fine. Is it out? Uh, pff, who knows? I don't know, man. They're on like 15 <laughs> movies at this point, whatever. Yeah, trust me. Uh, yeah, I was working on that. And with that, obviously, a lot of it is like they're racing and they need supermodels. Mm. So there, there was a time where we were, we were going through our database looking for literally the best looking men and the best looking women on the whole database to put those guys forward. So li- quite literally like models. We're looking for models to put forward for this. But like, how do you decide? You know, you know, yeah, like, who decides? Like, <laughs> like, I'm pretty, I'm a buff thing, innit? I'm a buff thing, but yeah, you like, might say so, no. <laughs> so have you ever had like a situation where you've gone, ah, oh, this person's like, this person's peng, you get me? And then you send them forward to the, you know, whoever the other person is and they go, and Neil, my God, look at his dog yeah. that you sent me. Has that ever happened? Yeah, or? yeah, no, nah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, both with good-looking people and ugly people. Sometimes I, they'll, they'll ask me for, they'll be like, find me the ugliest, worst-looking people you can. I'll look and they'll be like, nah, man, we need, we need like, rats. Uglier. We need, rats, yeah, you know. The dirtiest people you can find. <laughs> and you will just have to find them, innit? It is what it is. You just got to find those dirty, dirty, ugly people. Bro, I mean, I know, oh no, my man. god! If you ever need, if you ever need help, I know them. Just... <laughs> <laughs> as an extra, you can't get into the industry um, with any opinion on yourself that can get crushed. Like you need to go in there expecting 
to potentially be cast as an ugly person or ugly you know. person five <laughs> yeah so yeah funny. it can happen it can happen it can happen so like but like for example is is there okay so we talk about ugly and whatnot but and you've obviously talked about height in terms of costumes but like for example i've heard that you see with tom cruise he's actually like a very short man and he wears like stilts when he's acting just to make himself taller um i've heard this yeah so yeah so it's like will there ever be something like that where it's directly related to the actual actor that you're casting the movie like the four so you know with tom cruise they're like ah oh, make him make the extras short as hell because you don't want him to seem short so do, is it anything where it's related to the actor no because with with filming with camera angles and that you can you know you you can make tom cruise look tall and you can make the extras look short more more than that uh with actors the problem we get is sometimes we need to find uh stand-ins or doubles so a stand-in a stand-in if, in case anyone doesn't know is someone when they're setting up the cameras and the lights, they need someone to stand there to see how it looks on camera. But obviously they don't want to get Tom Cruise standing there for an hour to, to fix up the cameras. So they'll get someone that's a stand-in who is pretty much the same height, same build, similar looks. You know, they have to, at the very least, have the same skin tone and a similar hair color to stand in there to help them with the uh, setting up period. So with the stand-ins and doubles, that's when you get issues with, heights and the, the way people look because tom cruise is a perfect example he's, he's someone that's really short but I, d- I don't know specifically with tom cruise but i'd imagine he doesn't want the public to know how short he really is mm-hmm. so they'll they'll be telling us to find someone that's five ten, for example and then you've got tom cruise over there who's five seven on mm. the biggest boots that they can find on set to make him 10 that, inch heels the issues. yeah yeah trust me yeah so when you, when you, you've also like you've always talked about specific, uh, you know, demographics and whatnot when you're casting. But um, is there a specific, like, is there a specific personality type that you feel is more attracted to being an extra? As in, are extras kind of annoying? Oh, that uh, extras are probably the most annoying people you can meet. You know, <laughs> on the database, sometimes I I deal with people and they'd be so annoying that I purposefully wouldn't pick them again. I'd purposefully not select that person because I know how annoying mm. and how, you know, a, a, a thing it is to deal with that person. I'd purpose, I, I don't know if that's legal. I might you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put like a, a, a music over what you just said because that is fully illegal. So. <laughs> 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 no, right, let's say, take no, two. Level, yeah, for me, like, it happens everywhere in work, to be honest. Like, I'm going to admit, at work, you do the same kind of, like, obviously we're all working, but like, in a traditional job, you do the same kind of thing, you know. If you don't really like the guy, you're going to avoid working with the person. So I yeah, guess always. Especially with extras. A lot, a lot of them go into it um, as, as a hobby, like, you know, something fun to do in their spare time. But a lot of people go into extra work as their full-time job. So they need as much work as possible to, you know, make a living out of it, which yeah. is fair, which is, I understand that, but you, you can't, you can't make that your livelihood. Uh, when first of all, it's not guaranteed work because I, I can put you forward, but that doesn't mean that the production are going to pick you. The production, they're always in charge, so they can reject anyone they want. You, I can send someone to set that they're happy with, and on the day they'll send them home. Like that's 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 that happens all the time. Oh, so right. a lot of the times, I'll get we'll get the uh, annoying extras who do this for, you know, full full time employment come through uh, and keep calling us saying, you know, I need work, I need work. I get that, boss, but at the at, at the end of the day, it's it's not my choice. It's not I don't make I don't I don't make the final decision. And even if I do, um, this this can't be your only source of income when it's so sporadic. Does anyone ever kind of go like, yeah, I know I'm I'm coming on to be an extra, but I'm gonna be the next like I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio. Do they have that kind of air <laughs> of like I'm gonna be a big star? You know? <laughs> yeah, some of them, some of them. There are some people. There are some people that will only. They'll sign up to the books, knowing, knowing that full well that we're an extras casting agency, but won't any won't accept any extra work. They'll only accept the jobs where they're either featured, or uh, it's been bumped up in some way, so they're getting extra money. So yeah, mm. we do get we do get those guys. I remember there was one guy specifically who he had a great look for literally any job. He was like a average height, five ten, like you know, medium build, 
good looking guy mm. like he's perfect for pretty much any job that you can get he's got a short back and sides maybe for period jobs that you know need a bit longer hair, longer hair he wouldn't have been uh suitable for but he other than that he was pretty much perfect for any role but he would not accept any job because he wasn't getting paid that extra bit of money mm. so yeah you, you you get annoying ones you get you get picky ones you get all sorts because at the end it's, it's like at the end of the day it's like dealing with general public mm. so you're always going to have all sorts of people who decides their pay though? Like, can you? Is it up to you to be like, all right, you know what, we we really really want him. Let's pay him a bit more. Um, no, production sometimes do that. I mean, with extra work, there there is there is no basically there are no rules. There's no set rules that anyone goes off of. As their agent, my job is to get them as much money as possible, and I will negotiate as much money as I can. But if a production say that they're only paying a specific amount, we 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 can't we can't change their mind. What we can mm. say is you have to go to a different agency because we don't accept those rates. Um, cause we have to look after, first of all, our extras cause you know, that we're making them money and the company itself, because we, we take a, a commission from the amount of money that they make. Um, but there is, there is a union. There is a, uh, Oh, what's it called? Uh, it, they shortened it to FAA. I can't, I think, I think it was FAA. I can't remember what they were, what it stands for, but it's, it's the union for extras that, set the minimum extras should be paid but a production that ha- does does not have to go with that a production can make their own rates for i've seen i've seen productions that have like a a 12 hours for 100 pounds kind of rate you know there are rates out there that are below minimum wage and productions typically do get away with it mm. because if there's people willing to do it then it is what it is so like but, how much money can an extra make at the most and what's like, what have you seen, which is the least that an extra can make? Let's say over the course of a week or a month or however you determine it, like per hour, I'm not sure how it works. But We're, In terms of least, I've, I've seen extras go on set for £30 for four hours. So you can have okay, half man. day, you can have up to four hours. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll put in a little clause that if it goes over four hours, then it automatically goes to a full day rate, which will be nine hours, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen people get, 80 pounds for 10 hours up north especially in london it's not so bad in london typically 99 percent of the time a production will follow the union guidelines mm. but up north they get paid pennies literally little to nothing I, to be fair i think 2019 start of 2019 it went up a bit but still nothing great at all um in, ter- in terms of how much people make the most they can make a lot. I've, I've seen extras make thousands of pounds in a couple of days because they'll be booked in for a nine-hour slot, but they need to keep their whole day free because with filming, sometimes things go into overtime. Uh, overtime? Mm. Is that the word for it? Uh, yeah, so let's, uh, say, so, let's say it. Let, let's say so. <laughs> yeah. English isn't yeah. any of our strong points, <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes they'll go into overtime. Sometimes they have to work more than what they're what they're uh, originally booked to do but they agree at the before before even being booked they agree that firstly that they're, they're free the rest of their their day you know in case it goes into overtime and secondly that um they'll be they'll be paid a lot of money extra if they do if that does happen i've, I've seen people get paid 20 pounds extra an hour 25 pounds an hour extra and if you're filming a big scene over a week or two weeks potentially if you're having 12 to 14 hour days every day for two weeks you can make serious money from being an extra that doesn't sound too bad uh Aaron, i yeah, think we no. might have to jump in you know <laughs> oh, <hi. laughs> that to me still <laughs> well, wanted... you, the, the real money i'd say is with uh commercials with commercials and photo shoots with both of them they they'll pay you for the day for for that day to come on set and film with them but then after that after after the initial day, they'll also pay extra for usage rights. So let's say when you're watching TV and you're seeing those adverts with, let's say the McDonald's advert and there's, there's a guy, you know, Oh, I think the current McDonald's advert is a, is a guy doing like spoke spoken word poetry kind of thing. I, I think that's a McDonald's advert. Man, I'm talking off the top of my head at the moment, but for example, for that, McDonald's will pay, for one year, a one year period for their usage rights to use that footage on, it could be UK TV or it could be specific to TV in England or it can mm. even be abroad. And for that usage, they get paid thousands 
some no typically way. thousands of pounds. Again, that's my job to negotiate how much they get paid. Mm-hmm. But it can, it it can be a lot of money for for the usage rights. Again, photo shoots are the same. You you see the billboards, they get mm. paid good money for that. Uh, anything in a catalog, pretty much anything where you're seeing fo- uh, a photo or a commercial over a period of time, they'll get paid good money for that. Or they That's should nice. get paid good money if if they if they've got a good agent. <laughs> you're a good agent like you, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like, what about like you, you know, let's say you always get that cliche like, oh yeah, we need we need terrorist looking people on specific films. Are, are, are these like do you, do they get paid more and is it hard to find these people uh no to both the questions it's, it's not hard because they're on our books at the end of the, i mean the books are typically there's a lot more white people than any other ethnicity 80 percent of the books will be white people i mm. mean fair enough we live in a country not, over 90 percent of the people are white here so i guess yeah, it makes course, sense yeah, yeah. um but with those kinds of roles, you, you've always got to put a bit of a disclaimer for the people that you're, you're putting forward. So when, I, when I'll email them to check their availability, I'll say, for this role, you must be comfortable to play X, Y, Z. So no, that but like, do, aware... do the casting people who ask you for these extras, do they go, hey, you know, we need, you know, we need uh, someone looking a little uh, ethnic, you know what I mean? Because you've got <laughs> a, little you know, spicy. a terrorist role to play, you know? <laughs> Like how yeah. do they how do they ask you for it that that's pretty much it yeah i mean no way <laughs> with, with 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 extras casting it is it is quite literally judging a book by its cover mm, that's man. literally what it is if you're looking for a terrorist typically you'll go for someone that's middle eastern yeah come on yeah yeah shout out. i mean obviously again it, <laughs> it, 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 it depends on the production but assuming it's modern day assuming it's not you know something crazy alien mm-hmm. going on you'll just go with whatever it is that they're asking for because it is mm. it is what it is that is just what the job is if, if yeah. you're if you're coming into being an extra you gotta expect to be stereotyped so um like for example we're both we're both kurdish here but like i would say that i look more stereotypically kurdish than you do you look quite i mean oh, I, yeah, if that- you if you said my name is neil instead of anil i would have been like well yeah this guy is english i wouldn't <laughs> really i wouldn't really think that you're you know a yeah foreigner, no, that, so to speak so, so often that happens where i'll say my name's anil to someone they'll say neil and i'll just say yeah 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 i don't care i can't be bothered yeah i'm neil i'm in the- the See, thing English is, if I say, yo, call me Aaron, they just go, excuse me, mate, sorry, that's not your name, don't lie. Because I look very typically, do you know what I mean? I look you very do. typically foreign. So it's like... Part of, part of it's the beard. The beard, I'm well, not Yeah, right. exactly. I don't help myself, I guess, but... Yeah. I mean, since we've known each other all our lives, and since the age of 10, you've had a beard. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, <laughs> these See, well, I'm not lying. Through. I said this before. Everyone came into school with a beard. Bro, shut up, man. <laughs> no, but what I was going to say was that, like, so, for example, in that situation, like, when you go onto your database, um, is there, like, filters that go, like, okay, pick ethnicity, uh, so you pick, I don't know, Middle Eastern, and then do you ever just look through them and go, I know you're ethnic, but you're not ethnic enough? Like, does yeah, that ever yeah, happen? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, th- yeah th- th- there's, there's literally a, an option on the cast, uh, cast and collective database, at least. It's, it's, it's a really good database. It's a database that they've built over 20 years, uh, a database nice. they've, they've built themselves. So they've catered it to anything they need, they've got mm. there. And anything that they need that they don't have there, they can build there. So the database is immaculate. And yeah, you, you can search for anything you need. And even within the options that come up, you can say, yeah, I need a Middle Eastern terrorist looking guy but this guy's not good enough so i can't put him forward Mad. which which is why they accept and i think most agencies probably do accept anyone that tries to apply you will accept because you want uh as big of a catalog as you can um yeah. of, of people available to pick from oh, so uh, you know what i noticed that like with certain movies there'll be like a, someone who's basically an extra, but you will keep noticing them. They'll keep drawing your eye because they've almost made like to stand in prominent places. So you're like, oh, that's the same guy who was, you know, man screaming number five in the previous scene. Now is man eating at their diner in this scene. So is there like a, is there like a thing where they reuse extras in different scenes or like, you know, do you, do you develop some sort of relationship with the studio where they go, oh, this guy's a good extra. So I'm going to keep using him time and time again. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, typically they'll they'll try to avoid that happening in bulk because of continuity. If you see someone on one scene wearing whatever top they're wearing with mm. whatever trousers, you don't want to see the exact same outfit on the exact same person in a completely different scene because, of, yeah, continuity, you, you know. Um, but in terms of those relationships between the extras and the the crew, yeah, that does happen. And you see it, especially with like the um the older the older people so the people that have been the extras that have been doing this for 20 30 years they've been doing it for so long that they will typically see the same assistant director it's the second ad that typically picks who go, who goes on set so mm. they'll typically over time uh build some sort of relationship with some of the more experienced people especially the ones that have some ex- acting experience because mm. obviously you want you know the best the best possible featured extras that you can get so yeah no you you definitely you definitely get extras that are reused on multiple films purely because of the relationship they have with yeah not only us as the agent but also the uh the second assistant director i i've worked on i've worked on films where the the assistant director that i'm in contact with is asking for specific people and asking if i have them on 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 my books because they want them because they like them so much and they know that they'll do a good job. Mm. Mad. And especially with filming. Filming starts early. Filming can start literally at any time, but, you know, four, five, six in the morning. And it's not easy to get everyone on set on time. So yeah, if, if, if you find someone who, for whatever role you like them and you want to use them again, and you know that they're going to turn up on time, then you, you will... You will try to go for that person. But as biased more? as it is, you will do it. Would they pay more, like, like knowing Typically that they're better? Nah, because uh-huh, okay. the 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 production company are working on a budget, so they'll do anything they can to stay within that mm. budget, and they'll very rarely. Man, you're paying millions for these actors <laughs> to come out there and pretend to be someone they're not, yeah. But you're telling me you can't pay a little extra ten, twenty quid to your extras, bro. Come. Got more front well, than wolves, mate. I tell you. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of extras complain about that. Um, they have their own Facebook groups that I'm oh, a part sorry. of. Uh, I've, I've seen them complain a lot about that. Well, do you That's have a burner account could. where you're just there, like uh, Miss Daisy Three, and you're just listening? Not to even. The not even. They they know they know that agents are on that Facebook group. They they have their own little secret Facebook groups as well, where where they don't allow any agents in because oh, they're bitching. But no, they they they're fully aware that we. We know what they're saying. And it was part of the bourgeoisie in it. That's why that did. Elite class. <laughs> the elite class in it. So he's there watching what these little, you know, minions are doing. I'm, I'm a Trojan horse of sorts. <laughs> exactly. So what, are like, like, what are like the biggest yeah, achievements for you, like in in this film industry? Oh, like, what was the big, highlights for you? You know what? Biggest achievement probably has to be. It was pure luck. It had nothing to do with me, but I managed to get backstage passes and. I, and after party passes to the Brit Awards in last year, 2019. Oh, Basically, we had an email come through saying that there's, there's a live music act and they need some, uh, uh, some they, what they described as dancers. Um, and they, they basically just wanted like teenage girls to be putting on makeup in the background of this live music act. Right. So I went and along with it. you said, sure, mate. Sure, no problem. No, no, no problem, problem at all. No problem at all. I'll get you all the girls you need. So I, I, I got them together. Um, we went in. Typically, we don't go in for filming, but because it was a, a large group of young girls specifically and young people, you can never trust. Anyone that's a teenager, you can't trust them. They'll drop out on you last minute. Mm. I, I, I went in with them just to make sure everything flows okay. And um, yeah, it just turned out to be the Brit Awards. It was, it was a rehearsal <laughs> nice. day for the Brit Awards. Um, so I went in, sorted that. The day came round. Again, I went in again. Not that I had to, but we went in. Um, I was just helping, just helping out, you know, guiding the girls when they need to go on lunch, bring them back for rehearsals. Yeah. Whatever they need, we were there for. Uh, but yeah, I, I basically sweet-talked to whoever the uh, backstage pass person was into giving me access into the after party. <laughs> so again, getting into the Brits after party was, was probably my biggest achievement. Who did you meet? Probably like? should have been. What uh, kind of I met, I met M- Michael Dapper. Nice. Um, and I met KSI. Oh, no way. <laughs> How was he as a person? He was right. He was very calm. He was just looking around. Uh, so he's not like his YouTube persona then? No, nah, not at all. 
not not when I met him at least. I, I obviously didn't sit there speaking to him, but for the for the two minutes I was with him, he was just a normal, calm guy. Mm. So Michael Dapper he, was a complete opposite. Michael Dapper was probably the most energetic guy I've seen. He was. See, that's around. weird because I always feel like he's the opposite way around. To be fair, this was I met Michael Dapper right at the end of all the performances, so I don't know what he had been drinking, but he might have been a couple shots in. It might have been on a little side, didn't it? Who was the act that you bought the dancers in for? Uh, It was Jess Glynn. Jess Glynn. Jess Jess Glynn was doing her act of singing some song. So how was the how was the after party? Is it you know as oh, it was, as it was they make it shit? No, no, nah, nah, it was shit. Oh shit! Man. It was ter- it was we were, I was uh, me and the person I was with. We were, we were there for a solid 15, 20 minutes. Took any complimentary drinks that they were giving us and left because <laughs> it was shit. Well, we found out while we were there that the there's two after parties. There's one after party uh, mm-hmm. where all the big name people go, like the, the yeah, the A-listers will go to basically the shard. Jess Glynn, Stormzy, whoever's there will go to that. And then all the boring producers and high-up executives. Yeah, well, yeah, (laughs) I don't know about Michael Dapper, but Wes from Love Island, he came to this party. So the the level of people that were going to the shitty party with me were were the Wes from Love Island. So that level people will be going to the the after party there. The famous people will be going to the shard for for the big man after party. I think you did all right, though, I know. I'm not going to lie. Man's I'll take it, yeah. Yeah, I think the closest I've come to a celebrity is, like, I heard v- Vijanich or whatever was in Brent Cross while I was there <laughs> as well. So this guy going to the Brit Awards alone is a big, uh, you know, it's a big... You know who I used to see every day in the morning? Yeah. Remember the A10 yeah. crossing? Fabianski. Really? Bruv, Fabianski. He, he used to drive down the A10. Remember, like, near my house? Fabian used to drive down and like every couple mornings I'd see him drive down as I'm going to school. To be fair, our our yeah. secondary school was Winchmore and uh, Skepta and JME also went there and they were like gods to us because we, we they went to the same school as us. Yeah. So we used to always see JME and he's like, he had like a, what was it? Was it a Range Rover or was it a Porsche? He had like some sort of... It was a Range Rover. Like back, then, back then it was a Range Rover. Back then it was a Range Rover. Yeah, yeah now yeah, he's yeah. a Mr. Tesla man. But he, we used to see him all the time near our school. Like because they were like gods for us because they'd come out of the same place as us. Right, that, that was a period where JME was my uh, my speed camera don. Because yeah. I, I live right next to the A10 where the the police are always round. Oh, searching, yeah. searching for anyone that's speeding. And I don't know why, but JME always used to tweet when he'd see a he'd see a speed camera up there, like the guy, the don with the gun. I don't oh know my god! Them. Yeah, they're so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He'd, he'd always tweet when he'd see that, and it was perfect for me because I literally live up the road from <laughs> where, where specifically where he was talking about. So he'd be sorting me out on a daily basis, really. <laughs> That's nice, you know. Just knowing. So, it, like, it? would you say that that was when you met the most like high-profile celebrities, or have you met any other celebrities in the line of your work? No, I've I've met I've met other celebrities, but. No one that I've spoke to, because when I'm on set, I I try to, I, I try to avoid talking to mm. any anyone that any actor or actress. I avoid speaking to them because it's not professional. At the end of the day, they're doing their job. I'm doing my job. You know, I, I can't go over to them acting all fanboy. But yeah, probably the biggest actor that or actress that I was near was a uh, Benedict Cumberbatch on the set of Louis Wayne, no, which was probably the hardest film that I've had to cast because it was non-stop morning to night non-stop casting but yeah we went on set and um went straight to the where the food was obviously because free food as you do as you do Uh, of course uh i went got my food stood around there for a good five ten minutes getting whatever i can came back onto set i was just standing there literally came walked over stood looked to my right and benedict cumberbatch is literally less than a foot away from me just standing there (laughs) Can I ask you a question? You don't need to answer if you don't want to. Yeah, go but for it. Does he look as much like a lizard in real life as he does on TV? Because that guy looks so fucking weird and I'm sick and tired of people telling me he doesn't, right? <laughs> Benedict, no offense, my guy, if you're listening to this, but yeah. I mean, he, I doubt he, it, but yeah. He does kind of look like a lizard. That, that is a, he has tiny feet specifically. I, I noticed that my guy has the tiniest feet. I don't know what his shoe size is, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a five Bro, or a six. We laughed, yeah. But I remember bare girls liked him. Like, I know so do. many they girls like him. I don't understand. Bro, he's, he's got a like, unique look. He's got a unique, unique look. look. It's, it's, not, it's, not a look it's not a look that you see regularly. 
He's like if an e-boy grew up and just got like, kind of like, <laughs> kind of, you know, worn down by life. Uh, now, so I was going to ask, like, with all these extras that you've cast, has there, ever, has there ever been a case where you've seen an extra, you know, you've cast them for something and then sometime down the line, you've noticed that, you know, they've kind of started to get actual movie roles or actual TV show roles. Or is there anyone like that that you can think of? Um, not off the top of my head. But I know, I know there's one guy uh, who, who, he got casted for this role long before I joined the company. But there was a guy who, I think it was for Gillette. I want to say it was for Gillette. He, got, he, got, he had a job with them. I think it was a photo shoot. And that, that footage got used, it, still to this day, I think it gets used so often in Asian countries that on a yearly basis, this guy gets paid bags. I don't want to mm. say a specific amount, but... A lot of money. More, more, so financially, he's set. More than yeah, hundred percent. He could he. Well, it's, this guy could not. He could go. He could go the whole year without working, and he'll be fine. Right. Okay. And this happens on a, every year. He gets paid this this amount of money, That's which insane. again goes goes back to the usage rights that I was talking about. You you get paid for. A typical extra on a film or TV show will get paid for their day rate, but anyone that's doing a commercial or a photo shoot, if that footage is getting used over time, they'll be making money, good money. So you, with, with these extras, you see it more in a kind of financial sense where you know, they get these kind of commercials which provide for them for a long period of time. But can you think of maybe, like, cause for example, Harrison Ford, he was an extra or something like that. There's this long convoluted story, which Dan always talks about where Harrison Ford wasn't meant to be this big star, but then he got cast as Han Solo, maybe in his first role or something. I'm not entirely sure, but he was an extra. So is there any, do do you ever hear about that in the industry where like, Oh, this guy was, you know, an extra for me. And now he's, I don't know, fucking Tom Hardy or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, does that happen? now that you said that, yeah, I do remember at my old, at the old company, there was a guy. He he didn't be, he didn't become a big name star, but he became Hugh Grant's uh, double and stand-in for any future job that Hugh Grant done. I oh. I think I want to say it was for Paddington, the first Paddington film. Not even House. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was it wasn't it was. Oh no, no. Well, hear my finger. That's not Hugh Grant. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, I can't remember what film it was. Basically, there was a there was a there was a film or TV show that Hugh Grant was in, and he needed a stand-in. They got him a stand-in, and the guy that went in ended up becoming this guy's full-time stand-in and double. And it got to, it got it got to a point where they're they're friends. Like they they have each other's numbers. They they talk to each other. I, I remember I remember talking to this guy at one point, and um, I don't know. This is a completely different story. But when I was Sorry, I'm going on a completely different tangent. But I was working on a film called The One and Only Ivan, and I sent in a guy to be Brian Cranston's double throughout oh. that. And at the end of the at the end of filming, uh, the guy got in contact with me. The stand-in slash double called me because I was the agent, and he 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 basically called to say thank you because he became good friends with Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston gave him a present at the end of filming, and now they've got each other's contact for, I guess, for the future. Mm. No way! My guy, my guy became friends with Brian Cranston. That's mad, bro. I would love that Walter White, you know, big big Trust Walter me. White, bro, big Walter White, you know, that's mad. Walter White himself, no <laughs> the yeah. guy from uh, what's that? What's that show he did? Uh, Breaking Bad. Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle. Yes. Oh, Malcolm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beans. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> so have you ever casted yourself as an extra? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I, uh, a lot of the people I worked with have. I could, I could, but I just never have because I, I have no interest in standing around for ten hours a day. Being an extra is not fun, man. It's, it's it can be boring. A lot mm. of it is patience. You got, you got a, you get on set, and a lot of it is going through hair and makeup and costume, and then waiting for all the other people to go go through hair and makeup and costume, and then waiting for filming to start. So you're waiting for the set to be built or whatever. There's a lot of a lot of waiting around. A lot. Mm. You know, I had a question more about just the film industry in general. We see like a lot of these like scandals coming out. Um, I wonder, like, is, what is your experience in the film industry? Is it a bit like the Wild West where, you know, th- dodgy stuff happens or is it, is it not true? Definitely. No, no, dodgy stuff do happen. There, there, have been, there have been people we've, we've had to kick off the books because of a, like sexual harassment on set, which obviously is very serious like you can't take anything like that lightly mm. um 
Yeah, there, there are there are odd few things. I won't name any films. Yeah, yeah. But there are there are some things that have happened in the past that are very very dodgy. Is it like power there, play as well? Like you you see, there's a, what's the most recent one? What's his name? Uh, Weinstein, guy, Weinstein. Weinstein. Yeah. Or like, has has there ever been like a dynamic where you notice there's like a massive power play and was like, I don't know, maybe used for like sexual gain or monetary gain or something along those lines? Uh, I I haven't heard of any power play myself obviously i'm i'm the agent I, I don't really hear that kind of stuff from set but um i'm sure there definitely is i'm sure there definitely is because a lot of a lot of extras um a lot of them at the very least are trying to become actors and they're just doing extra work as a side hustle to make some extra money on the side and uh especially when there's you know like a, a young girl let's say going on set who's you know aspiring actress i'm I would not be surprised if if there's dickheads like that on set that take advantage. Mm. It's weird, isn't it? Because it feels like film is so, such a different world, like compared to every other job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just so unique. Like you said, you can just hire people out of nowhere, and yeah, especially especially because every production kind of works in their own way. Every production will have their own director, their own assistant director, their own producer. So obviously, they they'll overlap with future films that they do but every production runs although they follow the same guidelines and the same uh, flow of what they do throughout the day everyone works differently and when there's hundreds of people on set you know it's all going to be a little different this person maybe does something that way but another person does it another way and then you get a pervert of a costume guy do this and that Man, I don't even remember what the question was. I just started rambling. No, no, it, don't, it don't matter. No, it don't matter. What, just what, I was gonna, what I was going to ask was like, is there, has there ever been a case where an extra has been fired while they were actually working or have they ever been in a case <laughs> yeah. where they've had an altercation? <laughs> that reminds me. There was, there was one time, uh, uh, I won't say the film again because it's such a big film, but there was a guy who went on set. He was playing the role of like an alien, something like that, some, something stupid where he had like a weird costume on mm-hmm. and he he shit himself in the costume oh my god and that day they sent him home they he ruined the costume it? like they could never use that costume again <laughs> they had to break a whole costume <laughs> I couldn't hold guy, it in, bruv. how does that how does that shit. happen yeah i don't ask bruv, he busts a shit on a level he busts like... bust a shit in in the costume like in the costume <laughs> No, you can't. Now you gotta tell us what the movie is now, because I've just I, I'm imagining a million different aliens shit. Uh, let's <laughs> say it and we'll bleep it out. We'll just bleep it out and it, 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 tease the viewers. It, it was a. No way! No way. Oh my yeah. god! Oh my yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> way! Next time I watch that film, yeah, the one that we bleeped out, bruv. Well, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna, gonna look for the mind. alien that shot himself. <laughs> yeah, 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 funny. He was a he was, he's a short fat guy. If that's any help, but. <laughs> I haven't Terrible. watched the film myself, so I don't, I don't know if he's uh, visible. Yo, that is funny. Man. <laughs> no way! How does that even happen? Oh, Bruh, that man went through that buffet like. <laughs> 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 yeah, the complimentary food in the beginning. He just went <laughs> all the tuna sandwiches were no, gone. <laughs> hy- hygiene is definitely an issue when you're dealing with the general public. Too many times in an email, I've had to say, "Please go in. Please go to set with underwear on, or please shower the day before you go." No way. Hygiene is an issue with, with these guys. Bro, that is, that is insane. I can't believe that. Like, how, how does one uh, even yeah. get to that point? Like, Man, there's, oh probably, there's probably so many, of these, so many more of these stories that mm. I just can't remember off the That's top mine. of my head. But yeah, when you're, when you're dealing with the general public, um, going somewhere for work and you hear back on any, anything bad that happens, you, you hear some good stories. Mm. No well, way. Maybe ask a bit more about you, innit? Like your ambitions and what you would you, do you enjoy the industry? Do you like working in it? Uh do you, you wanna know, like continue? Where do you want to go in the industry? I, I do I do love the film industry. The film industry is a great industry, but I don't know personally if I'll carry on with it. And that's purely because of uh the hours. The hours are too long. It's, it starts too early, finishes too late. The film industry kind of becomes your life. When, when you work in it and personally it's just not what I'm looking for mm. um, going forward maybe maybe I will end up back in it because uh, never say never because I really did enjoy cast- casting is a fun job mm-hmm. but the hours are are a fuckery yeah it seems that way the way you it's, describe it especially when 
you're relying on people to do their job because my job, I can do my job perfectly, but I still have to rely on everyone else doing their job. And if, if an extra doesn't turn up to set, I, I, I've got to deal with that one way or another. Have you ever had a situation where an extra has bailed on you and then you, you've then had to bear the brunt of it from whoever the person on the production side of things are? Oh, and yeah. you just go yeah. to them, mate, it's not my fucking fault. Like, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. I, and majority of the time, they, they will... They'll, yeah, that definitely happens. And a majority of the time, whoever it is on production side that you're talking to will understand and will know that it's not my fault. It's whoever the person is. But because they're going to get stick from everyone on their side... Mm. they kind of pass the blame on to me yeah you know it's, it's kind of like passing down the blame from one person to another um there have been times where i've had i've had an extra going on set who bailed on me so i'm like okay cool whatever i'll find someone else i'll find someone else they say they're all good but then an hour or two later i'll hear from production that they, that person hasn't turned up so it's like okay fuck's sake whatever i'll find someone else i'll find that person then they don't turn up then it's then at that point. Then it becomes an issue because it's like you're 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 the third person that hasn't turned up. At that point, then it looks like it's my fault. Even if mm. it isn't my fault, maybe there was an odd day here and there. Maybe they could they, it could have been my fault. But ninety nine percent of the time, nah. You know what? Hundred percent of the time, I was banging at my job. <laughs> I was sick. Talk I can't talk. lie. Nah. Yeah, I I will talk that talk because I'll be honest. I was fucking sick at that job. Yeah. Um, but when you're dealing with the general public. They'll bail on you left, right, and it's mad, isn't it? Because you don't know what you're getting with the general public. Yeah, like, yeah. It could be anything. And again, again, that goes back to if the, if you find someone that's reliable that you like that you know won't let you down. I have no reason not to reuse this person. Hmm. If they've not been on that production, if it's no issue with continuity, if they fit the brief, I'm gonna go with a safe option. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Why would you? Why would you risk it? Like it's like work, man. It's the same thing. Like. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to give a job to someone yeah. you don't trust to finish yeah. it off. If you can give it to someone else, you'll give it to someone else. The only time you can't do that is when the brief is a bit more specific and you can't, you can't rely on any odd person. You have to go for someone that looks the part like perfectly. I'm sorry. I just, you, know, I, you, you want to deliver a good service. I can't get over the, the guy that shat himself. I'm imagining it as well. I'm it's literally nice. going through the aliens in that movie and I'm thinking, which one was it? I, I, I just, <laughs> it's killing me right now. That's so oh, funny. No, it's, it's just so funny, bro. Yeah, I'd, I'd give you his name, but I'll, I'll keep that confident. Yeah, yeah no, don't worry, don't worry. We're going to bleep <laughs> the movie name anyway, just because, you know, let's tease our listeners a little bit. But yeah, now that is so. Just know that there's someone out there that shut himself and he's an alien in a film somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, you've been found out. You've been found out. <laughs> now that's uh, that's 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 pretty interesting. So, like, uh, maybe like as a, almost a rounding up point, would you say that, for example, what did you study in university again? I studied film and TV production. TV and film production. Would you say that that was something that you feel was worth your time studying? And if there is somebody else who wants to get into this industry, is that the best route to go about it? Or now that you have some experience, do you think there's another way of going into it? If you want to get into casting, specifically casting, you don't need to do film and TV production at uni because a lot of the people I worked with, a lot of the people I worked with about my job weren't from a film background. They were from acting. Hmm. I guess it's, you know, it's a similar, it's a similar, it's a similar field. So hmm. it's not too far off. But to, to get into casting, no, you don't need to do film and TV production at uni. You just need experience because casting for extras is such a niche part of film production that if you get some experience anywhere you'll have a very good chance with being able to uh, land yourself a job but again because it's such a because it's such a niche job the jobs aren't uh, readily available at all times you, you gotta kind of bide your time and wait for the right right moment when a when a job's available hmm. so would you like would you say that you would you would actively promote people to go go into this field or or not what would your yeah, satisfaction I, I, I rating would... of it be <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put anyone off from becoming a film and TV casting agent for extras but go into it with the knowledge that first of all your work will become your life uh, people will bail on you left right and center and you will have to deal with that by finding someone else um, and I guess tying those first two bits together there will be times where you wake up at four or five in the morning to deal with someone telling you that they missed the bus to get to set Mm. so it, it would just if you're going into it just know that it's your life your life is going to be dealing with these idiots okay 
Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, we always deal with idiots as well in our jobs. So, <laughs> realistically, if if it's at the end of the day something that you enjoy, then I guess uh, you know go yeah. for it. But you you've heard the ins and outs today by you know, so you kind of know what to expect if you are thinking to go into that sort of industry at least. Um, so, is there any closing closing points, maybe Steve, that you want to ask anything or? Do you, do you have an idea where you want to shoot, or do you want to like try something totally different now? Well, I swear uh, you asked this already. Did I? Ask uh, it? I don't think I answered it. To be fair, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of, um, brother, I have no ambitions. In, I feel like I, I have no idea what I want to do in life. Um, I'm 24, so I'm still, you know, still young. young yeah. I still got time to figure it out. So I'm, I'm not rushing myself. This pandemic has kind of been a, uh, a blessing in disguise, I guess, in terms of it's given me time to think about it. But mm. to be fair, it's been a solid four or five months of being out of work and I still have no idea what I want to do. So I guess so, I have no ambitions. For the, I, I, for the kids, I'll, yeah? When, you, yeah? when you're thinking, you're like GCSEs, picking your, your subjects, you're like, raw, yeah, this is what's going to determine my life. It means nothing, bro. <laughs> yeah, it, it literally it means, means nothing. nothing. It yeah, means when you look nothing. at that 24-year-old and you think they're all grown and they know what they want to do with their lives, no, we don't. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Yeah, no, nah, we're baffed. We're all baffed. We're all baffed, bro. All right, well, right. thank you for coming on then. Well, thank you. Really for appreciate me. it. And, uh, you know, for, for our listeners, if you do want to get in touch and speak to us about what we've discussed here today, then you can do so on our Instagram at Verbal Reasoning Podcast and on our Twitter at Podcast Verbal. We're also available on Facebook and pretty much anywhere. Um, we've got a link tree in our bio on both Twitter and on Instagram. So if you click there, you can find, you know, all the different platforms that we're available on. Um, we want to thank Anil again for coming on. And uh, also, yeah, just to, just to give a little announcement here, we're going to be doing an end-of-season review for the Premier League, uh, which will be dropping soon as a bonus episode. So please tune in and listen to that too. Thank London's you very much. red. Yeah. London is almost definitely red. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You... That was bloody brilliant. So, yeah, right, you, you, you've had some sick guests. The, the well is drying up, though. The well yeah, is drying that's up. That's really right. true, isn't it? <laughs> we, I don't know how many more episodes of Rohat uh, coming on to talk about physical fitness we can do. But let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. No, I've got, I've got, so I've gotten so used to this unemployed lifestyle. I'm, I'm dreading the day I get back into, I get back into the office. Bro, I'm, I can't, I, I don't want to do it. All I'm saying, universal credit in it. Big up. Yeah, trust me, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one. Bro, when universal credit gets axed because they all all these people lost their jobs and then Anu has to go out there and fight people for fucking food and money, then all right, cool, we'll see. <laughs> you know what's annoying? Our best episode, like the most clickbaity one, the eco-veganism one. I wasn't yeah. able to do it. And so oh, it, I, that was the one that I wasn't on. And Rohat was on. And that's the one that everyone Oh, yeah. Though. You weren't on that one. Yeah, that's, it that's pisses me off, man. Unbelievable. Uh, it sounds like the, the problem's you, Adam. Hey, br- Bruv, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, yeah. It sounds like, hmm. You know what, You gave me some thoughts, you know. We might have to have a chat later on. <laughs> there's yeah, a, there's a new boss. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, I see, <laughs> how you, I see how you're moving, yeah. That was bloody brilliant.